Are you ready to run your short-term rental business like a super host? If so, look no further than Guesty for Hosts. Guesty for Hosts offers listing management for all three major OTAs, Airbnb, Booking.com, and Verbo. With Guesty for Hosts, you can create a branded direct booking website in minutes. I've been able to hit 61% direct bookings in my business and automate daily tasks such as communication with cleaners and communication with guests. Click the link in the show notes to get an additional $20 off your first month. Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let, Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. Trying to keep dry in this crazy weather. How um, did you handle your emergency, your Airbnb emergency? <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, hopefully it makes this the last Airbnb emergency because I'm getting off that shithole of a platform. <laughs> uh, but no, nah, man, uh, yeah, it, I'm dealing with some, uh, dealing with some crazy, <laughs> crazy shit, man. This dude didn't leave till, six. well, he left, but he thought he had another week there. So he got up, went to work. It was his checkout day, left all his stuff. So my cleaner had to pack his stuff up, put it in the corner. We've been trying to get a hold of this dude all day. He ain't responded till six o'clock till he gets off work. And we had to let the garage open so we could get his stuff out, man. It was crazy. So you <laughs> <laughs> deal with, with dealing with Airbnb. But hey, I know, right? Moving on, but well, go ahead. This, this you're tuned into the <laughs> Greatest Airbnb, VRBO, HomeAway, Uber, Lyft, all that, share economy and short-term rental fun stuff in the world. It's called Live, Let, Thrive. And this is episode 209, Micah. And we have a special guest. Who we got? Yves Perez. Hey. How you doing, Yves? Let me, <laughs> let, me, let me intro you in. Let me say a little. So yes, he, he, wrote, he kept yes. it simple. He said he's a dad, work B&B CEO, mentor, reader, writer, coalition builder, leader of the workforce rental movement in the short-term rental industry. Also yes. CEO of Work B&B, and he likes to be called El Jefe. Yes. Welcome. Welcome, yes. El Jefe. Salud. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, it's such a pleasure to be here, fellas, for real. For sure, man. So how's things been in the Work B&B world? You know, it's just raining opportunities. I mean, (laughs) you know, I got to say, when I first got started on this journey, I didn't know what a tech founder was going to feel like. I didn't know what that shoe was going to feel like. And once I kind of stepped into that shoe, I had to learn a lot. And one of the things that got thrown at me were all these doubting type questions, people saying, oh, well, what if just Airbnb, you know, turns on a switch and crushes your business. What are you going to do? And I was like, man, Airbnb can't even run their own business, right? What are you hmm. talking about? <laughs> so, you know, what I had to do is I had to answer the questions in a very fearless way, but I had to hit them with some facts. And that's what I came, you know, here today is just drop what those facts are, why we're not worried about Airbnb and, you know, all the things that are coming up, such as, what the construction industry is calling the infrastructure decade. And that is really why I'm like just feeling blessed. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what is it a work B&B? Yeah. All right. So 
it is a new OTA. Now we all are familiar with the OTA models, but what we don't understand is that 90% of them favor hotels, okay? So like the orbits, kayaks of the world, you know, it's not just Airbnb, okay? And uh, that kind of OTA model, we have seen, you know, time and time again, even Hopper, I don't know if you guys know Hopper. Mm -hmm. Hopper is kind of like jumping in and saying, hey, you know, we're going to change up our OTA model to do more like short-term homes, right? But at the same time, an OTA's job is to market your product, your homes to these preferred guests, right? And for us, we are the new OTA for traveling workers. That's that's all we want to focus on. <laughs> mm. We don't want to deal with vacations. We There's already enough platforms for that. We want to focus on workforce, big work, construction, pro construction projects, corporate relocation, stuff like that. So that's that's what we do. Yeah. So uh, you hopped on the show before and you were telling us about this. It's been a few months ago. So uh, what, what's been taking so long and getting this thing started? OK, so, you know, here's the thing. When you're starting a new user journey and you're doing something on this level, you got to test it out. And that's what we're doing right now. We're testing it. Because what we don't want you to do is get so excited and you got all your hopes up and then you go to like upload your properties and like, you know, the save button doesn't work right. Or, you know, there's a glitch here and a glitch there and you get so frustrated that you give up. You're like, man, work B&B is trash. <laughs> mm, <laughs> so, yeah. so we don't want that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we, uh, we developed what are called demo apps and the demo apps are exactly that they just they just demonstrate what a booking activity would look like and how it would act uh in, and what we then do is we connect the back end and the payment systems and then we do what are called test bookings and then once test bookings are complete and we feel good that the system's working then we're going to start to onboard you know real people to 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 do the activities and then scale up from there hmm. I, I guess to me, because I get DM'd all the time with somebody with a with a new OTA. It seems like everybody and their mama's making an OTA, right? And part of it is because they're all pissed off at Airbnb, right? And then they don't like the Airbnb controlling everything, canceling bookings whenever they want, refunding guests whenever they want, and pretty much taking over your house like it's theirs, right? And being bad, you yeah. know, kind of fuck your couch, you know, Charlie right. Murphy. That's, so, what that's what it is. That's what's going on. And so, uh, so. So what would what what differenti differentiates your OTA than all these other people making OTAs to combat this? Well, I mean, here's the thing. The first thing that that we really put into our hearts as the founders, it, especially because we're actually like real hosts, right? Like we actually did this activity. Um, for those that don't know, you know, the founders of Airbnb they didn't really do hosting for like years before they started Airbnb. Okay. Mm. They just kind of did like an air mattress and put together a website and then got a bunch of other people to do the same thing. So, so they didn't really like go through like the struggles of like what we go through. Right. Mm. They don't have that. So mm. they don't have that connection or empathy to really like put hosts first, okay? They have put the guests first, but also 
I want to tell you guys just a little bit of a story because again, you know, Airbnb has a history. Okay. So, but this story is a story of disloyalty. Okay. So years ago, Great Recession ushered in Airbnb and they came with a great promise, right? It was a, a world where anybody could belong anywhere. And that's a big promise, right? And what their platform did was it allowed people to share their homes to travelers all around the world. And, you know, back in the day, you know, I mean, it was really like the coolest thing to do. You know, it was like a status uh, statement. Uh, it was a signal of financial savviness to claim we have a few Airbnbs and we're doing really well. That's what it was, right? And a lot of people bragged that that extra income was giving them the ability to travel or buy new toys going into like the 2010s. Like that, that was like the era, the, the, uh, what a lot of people would call like the golden era of hosting and super host status came around. So then even more bragging rights started to come in, right? Mm. But today, when you go and look on social media, that bragging has come to a screeching halt, okay? <laughs> there are millions of people crying foul like crazy. And what you gotta understand is Airbnb is a business, right? It's led by people. And those people made a decision to do something what's called growth at all cost. Okay. Mm. That means we will grow as hard and as fast as we can. And if we break a bunch of shit along the way, we'll just apologize later. Right. That's been their strategy. That's a fact. But that, but that has a cost. And what I like to call a trust cost. Okay. And also what we're feeling now are the effects of Airbnb's karma. This is like karma right now. I mean, it's like crazy what's going on. So, you know, what people just don't understand is that when you build a new platform, you have to go around and you have to talk to as many hosts as possible. And you have to get to know them in a really deep way. Now, in the product development world, that gives you the combination I just gave you, like having some experience and talking to the clients, it gives you what's something that is called product sense. And product sense is like a Jedi type, like powers, where it's like when you're making your new OTA, you know where this needs to go, especially when it comes to policies and procedures, okay? So just like we were talking about, like the refund policy, that makes no sense to allow people to kick it in your rental for three days, and then they can like make up something and get a full refund. How is that going to help the people that are running the ship, right? Mm. And it, it's crazy to me as a founder for them to run an ad campaign that says made by hosts. And it's like, what are you talking about? You can only run by hosts. It, this is only working because of your hosts. So when you, when you get enough consensus, you get enough Facebook groups, you get enough Twitter groups, you know, uh, Reddit, especially Reddit, Reddit's crazy. You get the feeling and the consensus that Airbnb does not give a fuck about their hosts. People will say it openly and, you know, you can see it 
in both business practices and policies, that they are choosing growth and greed over hosts. Now, the other thing, which is kind of like, again, the karma is like on the other side of the coin, what is it? What is Airbnb's name out in the general public, right? Well, if you go to an apartment community and you say Airbnb, what's going to happen, right? <laughs> they say, hell no. It's toxic, <laughs> right? You go to a HOA and say, hey, I want to do Airbnb. What's going to happen, right? Yeah. It's toxicity, right? Mm, I like that. Now, now also, <laughs> hosts are in the middle of a pending class action lawsuit against Airbnb, right? That's still floating out there. So when that hits, their name will become even more toxic and payouts are missing still. People are still getting, you know, missing payouts. But with this latest update, now bookings have crashed, right? Hmm. You hear people complaining everywhere. Oh my God, I haven't gotten a booking in two weeks since they did their update. What's going on? People are all trying to like tell them, oh, you got to snooze your listing. You got to do this. You got like, what kind of platform are we run? Is they are they running here? It's so like can you can you go game. into that that latest update? I mean, what 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 exactly did they do? Where so people so I can so so I can tell you I can tell you essentially what's going on. Airbnb started from the software perspective. I'm talking about like development. They started a a platform that was built on cheap architecture, okay? A lot of companies are because they, they try to test their idea and then they raise money and then they just build on that old architecture, okay? And I have studied a lot of engineers, like, like coding engineers that have quit Airbnb and written like long posts about, they would say it's something called, they would use these terms like there's ancient holes in the code. There's ancient, like, like almost like uh, potholes. Think of like potholes, right? Mm. Or like a cracked foundation on a house, right? Mm. Your house could be looking sexy as shit, but if the crack, the foundation's cracked, right? There's problems, right? Yeah. So, so you and I, we don't see those problems because it's hidden by what's called user interface, okay? That sexy, slick design, right? That's what's hiding all the cracks, right? And the UI is broken and their engineers are constantly trying to fix things, but they can't keep up because the company again is growing at all costs, right? They're onboarding more and more and more people. So when they did these updates, something broke, something snapped. Okay. And they're panicking. Okay. If you notice, they haven't even put out a press statement about it, you know, just to say like, Hey, we, we recognize these issues are happening and we are doing something about it. Please be patient. Like none of that is happening. So, you know, if I was to make a prediction, I would say that we're going to see more problems, not less problems. Okay. And you know, I'm out here like Moses. I'm hearing like hosts crying all over the country, hmm. like Moses at the Ten Commandments. I'm like, hey, I've got another platform. Who wants to come with me? <laughs> and and people are signing up like crazy. You know, building WorkBnB has been a journey because, you know, we are going after the same type of people. We're going after hosts. We want hosts to host on our platform. 
So when Airbnb makes all these mistakes in their architecture and various other types of things when it comes to their, 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 uh, their software, you know, that's like a gift to us because hosts are basically saying, finally, like Micah, like I've got it, I've had enough, I'm off. I'm, I'm gonna cut the ties. I'm gonna go and do either my own thing by direct booking, or I'm gonna go to another platform. And, you know, a lot of Airbnb gurus and fluffers and, you know, people are not really happy because I'm very vocal about Airbnb's mistakes. I post about it on LinkedIn. I post about it on Twitter. And, you know, that's okay because what I was trying to say is that, you know, when it comes to technology, there have been other big companies that have been disrupted. You know, there, Yahoo was a big company at one time. So was uh, MySpace. And we all remember, you know, Blockbuster. That used to be a real solid business at one time. And when there are cracks in the foundation, that is when another company comes in when they're the most vulnerable and they start to take market share. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm excited because we have spent close to $100,000 developing our architecture, okay? Airbnb didn't have that luxury. They didn't have anything to prove. So they, they spent way less and they built a massive empire on that old architecture. Mm. We're spending a lot more than them when they started and the architecture is gonna be able to last this test of time when we start to scale up. So that's, so what, what, that's really what's going on here. So what, where do workers look now to go find places when they're you know, traveling around the country, the great infrastructure thing going on and, and working all over the place? Where, where, where do they go to find accommodations currently? So, so currently, and we've interviewed a lot of companies uh, of all sizes. So a lot of them try like 20 different things. I mean, it's crazy how many different things they do. So some try to talk to corporate housing giants to see what they can do for them. Some companies talk to extended stay motels. Other companies try to do a combination. And then other times they try, you know, all the way down at the bottom. I mean, there are still people looking on Craigslist for housing, okay? Mm. So, so, you know, there isn't like a de facto go-to strategy for mm. this particular demographic. And that's where we saw the opportunity. We said, you know what, if we can become the de facto name, brand name, work BNB, it just fits like a glove, right? That, and we can get that word of mouth to spread throughout these industries, we will provide hosts a wave of bookings that they can barely handle. And that's what I'm excited about is like big bookings, nine month bookings, 14 month bookings, mm. you know? And it's just like, you, you're getting like so many bookings and they're so big and they're so long that you're just like, man, I just wanna open up more units. So that's where we see the future of like OTAs going is, you know, really refining its niche, not trying to be everything to everybody. That's not the play. So, you know, that's where we're putting our heart and our energy. Yeah. It might be, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. It might be perfect timing 
because you know not only is Airbnb you know pissing a lot pissing off a lot of people, um, and we're not we're not discouraging everybody out there to all of our listeners you know newbies and stuff to not try Airbnb by all means try it, see what we're talking about, um, get your feet wet. It's a good it's training wheels to learn this industry right. It's training wheels. It's an easy way to get started. Put your thing up there and then uh, and start learning you know and then then you'll see what we're talking about about the gripes about airbnb eventually anyways right. um so that being said uh, it might be a perfect time for something like what you're offering because i mean a lot of cities including dallas you know where we're at is starting to talk about band you know short-term rental bands and so it's what what makes yours immune to all these arguings bickerings back and forth city hall and all this stuff is because you'll be 30 days plus it won't even affect you at all well, yeah, and, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a sweet spot that we drew up in our business plan. We were paying attention to all of this when we started to dream up WorkBnB. And we thought to ourselves, like, man, like, you know, for, again, where, our, where we're based out of Nevada, in Las Vegas, for example, there's 10,000 illegal short-term rentals, 10,000. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> no, I've stayed at one too. I actually went and checked in and the, at the check-in, the host sent me a note that said, if uh, Las Vegas uh, Metro, the police department comes knocking on the door, Dude, please do message. not share, please do not share your booking res- reservation. Tell them you are friend, like your family or friends, like they told me to lie. And I'm thinking like, damn, like PD's going to show up. <laughs> you, know mm. what I mean? you know what's crazy? Literally, that same thing you just told, told, just told us. I told Steve while I was sitting in Vegas. I said, man, I told Steve and Mike, I said, man, I think I'm in an illegal Airbnb. The lady <laughs> said, are. don't you tell are. any, if compliance knocks on the door, tell them you're right. there with family. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. I told him to write, I told him to write them. No. I, I, I told Joke. him, yeah, I told him to write him, hey, I can keep a secret for a prize. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but here's the, yeah. But fellas, real, real talk, here's the thing. This, this is not just Vegas. This is Atlanta. This is Philadelphia. I don't know if you guys are seeing what's going on in Philadelphia. They're like panicking right now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's multiple cities. And then it's not just even Airbnb. Did you know that VRBO is being sued by Los Angeles? Did you guys know that? Ooh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, because Los Angeles has a requirement for OTAs to share the bookings, like the, the reservation numbers for their records. So that because they want to make sure that they're getting their tax money, right? Mm. And when they did an audit, and found out that VRBO was not sharing all of the booking registration, they decided to sue. Damn. Yeah, man. LA, mm-hmm. don't play. They'll find you, man. You can move but, out of the state. The They'll thing. still tax you. When you mess up just a few times, again, this is like karma. When you, when you test these, these uh, when you test these uh, municipality leaders enough times, they're going to start to pass bans mm-hmm. more and more. It's like, it's like, you know, so again, we are going to bring a new product to market that has this in mind. And when we can get you these bigger, longer 30 day plus bookings, then you're immune to these bands and you can operate. Now, 
when now I, I and we've thought about this a lot too. If a city says, "Hey, we want to regulate Airbnbs now. We want to we want to pass laws so we can we can take in consideration this new OTA." Well, it's going to be up to us to stick to our guns to say, "Well, you know what? We're putting hosts first, not profits, not us first. So we're going to make sure that we pass like all of their their little hoops." We're going to pay our taxes on time and we're going to make sure that we protect our hosts because if we don't, we don't have a platform anymore. And that's really where my heart is as the CEO. So, so let's say, cause we've had, uh, you know, remote work or travel workers, you know, I guess you can call them travel workers, whatever, yeah. transient workers. We've had those yeah. stay at our places before. And some of them have actually found us on from Airbnb, right? So what would make them, okay, they're used to looking at Airbnb, VRBO, stuff like that. Why would they choose WorkBnB to look for it? Uh, do y'all take less of a chunk of their money or what, what goes on? Well, yeah, that's that's going to be like the big test for us. Okay, so so uh, we're rolling the dice here, guys. I'm telling you right now, you, you guys are like the first to hear it from me, that we're going to roll the dice on our service fee, okay? Because it's effectively, I want you to just hear this out. So Airbnb charges anywhere between like 17% and up for booking, right? VRBO is like 15 to 20. Uh, Booking.com is like 15-ish. Even corporate housing is like 10-ish to 12%, okay? So for us, because we have 100% digitized the process, okay? And because these particular travelers don't travel by themselves. They travel in bulk, okay? Construction project, they're booking for like 30 employees. So our strategy is to come in at a 5% booking fee per, you know, unit, okay? So again, if it's 30 units, we're going to make our money over 30 units, okay? We don't need to charge 17%, okay? So... That's going to be a huge strategy. And guys, that's why we're testing this out right now, because if we can pull this off, we can make history. And I'm excited to make history. That's what I'm gunning for. Now, now doing your, um, your research, because here's what I've discovered. A lot of these dudes are traveling with either uh, two or three dudes wanting to get a house together, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Or or they're traveling. They want to bring their wife and two or three kids. So are you seeing right. that this platform will be better for people with houses over uh, one bedroom condos or what? What, are you, what is your research telling you? OK, so honestly, my research is telling me, number one, I'm going to have an inventory problem that the demand is going to be so high that we're not going to have enough in the first year we're gonna we're gonna have like a crunch okay Mm. that's what my 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 all the data models everything we have is just showing that even if i upload a hundred thousand properties by the end of this year okay we launched the app this summer we upload a hundred thousand properties we're not going to have enough units okay uh that's the first thing my models are showing me but but also when it comes to housing type okay what we're, what we're seeing is that there are three different tiers of demands. So there's a certain demand from what's called a laborer or an essential worker, okay? This is someone who's like a lower level 
blue collar worker, okay? If I was to give it like a better classification, okay? So anywhere from like a journeyman lineman, someone who's climbing power poles to like somebody who's working like boots on the ground at a construction site, they like houses. They like to bunk together as teams, okay? So yes, they love houses. And that's okay though, because it's a, it's a really good fit. And one of the reasons why we're going to do really well is because the workers now don't have to find the housing themselves. The companies are going to be able to just like find all of this housing super quick and they're going to use their enterprise account to do the booking. So you're not going to get you, the host, paid by the workers. You're going to get paid by the construction company. Okay. So that's going to be the first big change. Now, the second tier. These are like junior executives. These are people who are like project managers. They're like one up from the blue collar guys. You know, they're a little white collar. You know, they, they oversee the projects, um, that kind of thing. They like condos and they like uh, townhomes. We've seen a big demand for that. Every, all the companies we have interviewed they have, they have asked for it over and over again. Do you have a townhome? Do you have a condo? We want something a little bit nicer. Okay, cool. Mm. So, so that's cool. Then you have more senior level executives, okay? Or what I also like to bundle up with them is like uh, higher tech workers, okay? People who are like engineers, like coding engineers, stuff like that. They do more like technical stuff, but they travel too. They like luxury apartments and they like luxury product. Okay. So whether it's a luxury single family home or a luxury condo, they want the more luxury product. So over this first year, we're going to be testing all of this out and we're going to see where the chips fall. But my bet is that we're going to have, uh, again, just like not enough inventory. And that's why I'm trying to get as many Airbnb hosts to come over to work BNB right now before we launch. <laughs> mm. So with you talking to most of the hosts, what are, what are like, what are hosts saying, right? Like what are current Airbnb hosts saying? Like, this is like, have you found like one common denominator? Like this is the problem with Airbnb. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. So, so the big thing is, okay, actually I'll, I'll just break it down between like policies and procedures. Let me break it down there, okay? So the first thing is they don't want to be micromanaged. That's the big thing, okay? Hmm. They want their guest and it's their guest, okay? They want to resolve conflict with their guest. They don't want an OTA to reach in and say, oh, the, the guest says there's bed bugs and there's not <laughs> right it's like it's a total fucking lie mm. right and then they refund them move them deduct money from you and you're like wait a minute my cleaner's gonna we went check there's no there's, there's nothing right like they don't want that anymore okay so they want that to change and that's something that we had to relinquish control on. We had to say, you know what? It makes sense to win over a client 
to give them what they want. They want more control, so we're going to give it to them. Okay, that's a, that's a big thing that they want. Uh, another big thing that they want is they want uh, to draft their own refund policies. Okay, mm. they want to write their own refund <laughs> policies, and they want to issue refunds accordingly. Okay, through their own businesses, which totally makes sense. Again, we're just an OTA. We are a marketing platform, okay? So giving them the ability to write their own uh, uh, cancellation and refund policy, both, both of those policies, that was super important. So, so uh, we won a lot of people over with that when, when, they, when they came and said, you know, what, what are you guys planning on doing about this issue? Well, here's what we're going to do. Okay, where do I sign up? <laughs> so, so we're excited about that. But then here's the other thing. They were also excited that we are doing something called Home Telier Certification. Okay, it's our own certification um, where you have to go through hospitality training, customer service training, and conflict resolution training. Because again, if we're going to give you all of this power, we're not going to let you just list your product and, you know, act out on a guest and, you know, ruin the reputation of everybody else on the platform, right? We want you to go through some training. You got to pass a test with the 80% to pass. You have to get certified. And once you get certified, your listing goes live. And the, the, the idea of this is that number one, it gives us the ability to verify your listing. So that reduces uh, uh, fake listings, okay? That's, that's been a huge problem. Uh, but also just giving like a bump in education is never a bad thing, you know? I think it's ridiculous that, you know, a lot of Airbnb hosts have to go to like a bunch of YouTube videos to figure out like what to do, right? It's like, we're going to be able to give them some information that's going to sharpen their sword, but it's going to make the platform feel like a hotel. And what I mean by that is one experience at one work BNB is going to feel very similar to another experience in another state. And if we can accomplish that at scale, we're going to win over everybody. Mm -hmm. So like, I know, I know Airbnb, you know, they had a huge marketing budget and I think, you know, your marketing is a little bit different. How do you go about marketing work BNB to those people that are going to want to be on that platform? Because I well, think I, yeah. strategy was, we just want everybody, which turned around well, in the ass. Well, here's the thing. I mean, Airbnb, again, they were in a different era. Okay. Like mm -hmm. when they, when they came to market, it came at a time when it didn't really matter if you had a cool looking website or not, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it could be looking janky and you could still do well, okay? Now that we're so technologically advanced, we don't have that luxury. So what we have to do is we have to wow people on first impression. So we have hired a new uh, app development firm that's taking over our UI designs and they're going to wow you guys. I mean, I'm promising you right now, 
This is a project that's led by Daj, uh, our president of the company. And what I'm very excited about is that Copper and Vine is a, a, a firm that's owned by a black female UI designer. So that's another first. Mm -hmm. And this magic of, a, of an app design is going to be very talk worthy. And when you can make something talk worthy, word of mouth is the best, cheapest marketing strategy you could ever do. And the way that I really kind of like learned this is I learned it from Slack. I don't know if you guys have heard of Slack, but when Slack came out, Love Slack that. had no marketing budget. <laughs> they made like a word of mouth movement and that's what really ramped up its user base, okay? So I'm taking a page out of Slack. I'm gonna get people talking about this like crazy. And our goal is to make 25 million in revenue in the first year. And if we want to raise capital at a series A round or a series B round, they can look at our revenue and say like, look, they made all this off of word, word of mouth. Imagine what they can make if we give them 50 million or we give them 100 million. That's how you do it in the software world, okay? It's, it's harder, it's not easy, but if you can do it, if you can pull it off, you know, then you know, you'll get the big bucks. And once I get the big bucks into my, into my hands, you know, who, you know, don't be surprised if I run a Super Bowl ad. <laughs> Here's what's cool. Here's what's cool about having you on, Yves, because I'm, I'm over here through a crazy thunder lightning storm, right? My power has gone off a few times and um, internet's in and out and then I'm back and, and you're still talking. So you've got a gift for Gab, man. You can just... <laughs> I, you bro, up I'm, you I, you know, I'm, I'm drinking this Tennessee and I'm lit. Like I'm having fun. Shoot. Like I'm a tech founder now. This is so lit, <laughs> but, but you know what? I love the product though. I love the business. I love the business of hosting. I think that's mm. the difference between the platforms. You know, when you love the business of hosting, you know, like I'm, I'm in one of the, one of the units now in Orlando. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love it so much that I'm always checking in with my people, with my host. And, you know, I feel like Airbnb has just lost its way. So it's, it's our advantage. It's our time to just say, you know what? Okay, well, if you don't care about them, let me show you what caring looks like because I know their business really well. I talk to them often. And if I can solve their problems better than you and give them a, a better guest, then, you know, tough shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so here's, here's a big thing. And I, and I know a lot of people starting to talk about it because everything's going up in price, right? Inflation's running rampant gas prices or oh, everything's going crazy. Um, so our electric bills, we get, everybody's getting a huge ass electric bills. So, what we thought people were profiting back in the day, you know, Airbnb, all inclusive, all bills paid kind of thing. Um, then they get that electric bill. Like, Holy shit. I didn't make any money this month because I have a $500 electric bill. Right. So mm -hmm. how are you, how are you helping the hosts combat that? Are you letting them um, charge your guests uh, electric uh, for their electricity or what? Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm glad you asked that. So 
so companies are different. I just want to say that right off the bat, okay? One thing that is so great about working with companies is that you can have policies that make sense from the get-go. And you can just say to them, like, this is our policy. Like, one thing that is going to be very unique on our platform is that we are going to have mandatory deposits on every booking, every book, real deposits, okay? So you as the host will say, okay, I've got this three-bedroom house. I want a $1,000 or $1,500 deposit, security deposit, okay? The company has to pay it. Okay, now it's your deposit to manage and it's under your policy, whatever that is, but you know, here you go. Now, the other thing, and I know this is gonna shock a lot of people, okay? I've been actually holding back waiting to say this, but on our platform, we're going to do something that OTAs probably would never have the balls to try but we're gonna try it, okay? Which is static pricing, okay? So dynamic pricing will not work on WorkBnB. You will not have the ability to have like pricing go up and down like this, okay? You're going to set your product, your pricing at a static nightly rate. And when you get to a larger number of occupancy nights, you know, year over year, that's where you're really going to make the money, okay? Because it was predictable. Now, the thing is, according to like what your question was about like, you know, bills and stuff like that, that's, that's where, you know, there's going to be some software that's going to help us factor in those types of things to see if you're pricing right. Because maybe you just need to adjust your pricing just by a few dollars over a particular booking to, you know, get where you need to be. But at the same time, I do want to say that one of the biggest issues that I have seen that OTAs have not really even attempted to do is help their hosts get business credit and business financing. So mm. uh, I actually am trying to get a partnership with Silicon Valley Bank. That's the bank that we bank with at WorkBnB. And I want to try to get hosts business credit cards and business line of credit so that you have more working capital to run your operation. Smart. I like it. I like it. <laughs> that is pretty smart. So, okay. You mentioned the three tiers earlier in the conversation about uh, what, <clears throat> what type of workers are traveling and what are their needs or mm -hmm. what they, what they desire as far as a place. Now as potential uh, work B&B hosts, how should we how should we consciously set up our places to attract these um, traveling workers? So you know, here's the thing: traveling workers are simple people. Okay, the majority <laughs> of them. Okay, yeah. they don't need five thousand dollar couches. You know, you just got to get out of that vacation mindset. Now, I know that the hosts get a lot of pride out of making their places look super dope. Right? It's like a pride thing. Oh, look what I did look, look at, look at that, you know, you know, nobody has this couch or nobody has this desk or nobody has this, or nobody's doing these walls like me. Well, you know what? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, that's not really true. Everybody is kind of copying everybody. Okay. So 
what I want to do is I want to kind of strip it back down. I want to strip it down, okay, to where we are trying to teach hosts, you know, to get a return on investment faster. So if you're spending like anywhere between like 4,600 on furnishings for a one bedroom, right? You're going to get your return on investment faster than somebody who spent 10,000 or 15,000 on one bedroom, right? So, so again, you know, traveling workers don't need like these big wow features and all this cool stuff. I mean, unless it comes standard, like a like a sink like this it comes it comes with the unit that's cool all right you got me but you know i have housed a lot of construction workers and i have put them in units where like the stove was like 20 years old they didn't care they were just happy that they had a kitchen so you know we have to really just change the paradigm and that's, that comes a little bit later because you never want to lead with education right away. <laughs> you mm -hmm. do want to wow people with the app first. So, but later when we educate people on this particular stuff, there's going to be two big differences in the short-term rental industry, okay? For the longest time, there's only been one, which is a vacation rental. And when we raise the lexicon of workforce rental, people will tell you, oh, I... I do the workforce thing. I got a workforce rental, right? Those are going to be people that are going to have like more simpler units, you know, and they're going to be housing one type of demographic. So that that's going to be the big difference. Nice, nice. That yeah, sounds like a now, cool deal. I think I think it's a like I said again, it's at a perfect time because of all these cities are pissed off at Airbnb because um, they've turned right. neighborhoods into just. <laughs> <laughs> into like uh, little hotel areas, you know? And so, right. and neighbors are getting pissed off because there's uh, sometimes there's gunfights and shit at these Airbnbs because hosts don't know what they're doing. Right. And Air Airbnb ain't really doing much to protect against it. And so um, I think you're coming in at a, at a perfect time, dude, because, you know- I couldn't I could imagine yeah. the timing, honestly. The timing is just like, I, I mean, the, the, the construction experts are calling it the infrastructure decade that there's all of this money allocated, it's working its way down the states. But just imagine this, We're, we are going to install 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations. Mm. We're gonna be fixing 65,000 uh, miles of highway. Mm. We're gonna be repairing 1,500 bridges, okay? And airports are getting redone, okay? There's going to be a massive construction boom. And, and guys, I got to tell you, because I'm, I'm a data guy. You guys know that. This, this is a number that's coming from the Project Management Institute. Okay. So this is a, 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 an institution that focuses on this. They, they came out with a report back in March. Okay. And I've been dying to tell you guys about this. Okay. So uh, they are saying that uh, in the report, that there is a shortage of manpower, okay, for this infrastructure decade, okay? And it's because a lot of people have retired over the years. I'm sure you guys have heard of those numbers, you know, baby boomers retiring every year, okay? Mm. So according to the National Center for Construction Education and Research, more than 40% of current U.S. construction workforce 
is expected to retire by 2031, 40%, okay? So according to their research, the, the Project Management Institute, they predict that more than, I can't, I'm so excited to say this number because it, it just makes me salivate. More than 61 million project managers will be needed in the manufacturing and construction industries by 2030. 61 million people, okay? Mm. Okay, this is my pocket. This is my niche, okay? So <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, pay me. Pay me. Well, uh, one thing, one thing, I know you you got yourselves pitched down pretty good, but one thing you could tell like hosts that are tired of Airbnb or whatever, a lot of cities charge them a hot tax. For example, Arlington, Texas, mm -hmm. 9%. That's on top of what you're paying Airbnb. 9% of your money. That's on top of what you're paying Airbnb. Yeah, no. <laughs> and then that's on top of what you're paying 20% to a management company. 9%. So automatically, if they signed up with you guys, you know, and, and they started getting bookings that way, they would save 9% uh, of the money. They Even if they make 9%. That's, I mean, yeah, a lot of these. You know, there, there's a, yeah, there's a similar tax here in Orlando. It's like six and a half percent. And you save that when you come with us. So that's the thing, you know, people are going to save, you know, some money by coming with us. They're going to have more peace of mind that the people that are staying in their place are the people that are going out and working on a bridge to improve their community, right? Or people that are working on a power line to keep the power on so that we can do these calls, right? Mm. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it's, it's, it's something of a feel-good movement, okay? The work B&B movement, I like to call it. It feels good that we're taking care of American workers, that we're, we're putting their, they, these guys work hard for us and we're putting them in a nice place that they won't have to stay in, you know, dirty motel, motels and, you know, get bed bugs and stuff like that. You know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to get like really great treatment. And, and then it's like a cycle. Okay. When they feel good about how their employer is treating them, then they want to stay with their employer longer. Right. So, so it's kind of like a cycle that we're creating here. And I'm excited to share it with you guys. I'm excited for you guys. I actually wanted to just tell you guys that when we have the first demo testing, I want you two on the first demo testing. So you guys can play with it. Nice. You can have all my properties on there, man. If you're Hey, listen, you're... I, I, I want it. I want it. I want it. You know, <laughs> uh, you know Texas is a massive market for work b, &B. Mm. Uh, We're talking to Kiwit. I don't know if you've heard of Kiwit, but that's the that's the big firm that's doing the high speed rail project between Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston. Mm. Quick question for you guys: for oh, not for you guys, for you guys, have you integrated with any PMS systems? So, so we're going to be testing that. We're going to be testing that this month, and we're going to test all of them. It's it's called an API connection, mm -hmm. and we just have to make sure it works. That's all it is. We just have to make sure it works, but. We, we need to, because we know you guys, we know you guys rely on it. So we're not going to create an app that's in its own ecosystem, thinking that you don't have a PMS system. We are attracting a more professional host. So we already know you have it. So 
we're going to make sure that mm. our app complements what you're doing because the last thing I want to hear from you as a host is like, man, I got on this Airbnb or this work BNB and it's just, it's not connecting right. You know, I'm not getting the, the <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the notifications aren't pushing through. Things aren't coming in right. Like, no, we're going to, we're going to test it and make you guys proud. Gotcha, man. That's good stuff, man. I can't wait for this thing to launch. I mean, uh, I'm ready for it. Cause I mean, yeah, it's, it's time to get away from the whole Airbnb thing. Um, I'm yeah. definitely pushing for other OTAs and other, uh, other OTAs and direct booking. So, uh, and I'm happy and work BNB. I will definitely be on it. I can't wait for it to launch. Yes. Hey, listen, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for letting me talk shit and drink Hennessy. And, you know, be a tech founder. I'm a tech founder now. So, I, you know, I'm enjoying this new role. Hey, well, real quick, where did you go to kill the cheetah to make that shirt? <laughs> oh, you know what? Okay. So, here's the thing. <laughs> this is my one of my top three favorite shirts, okay? Uh, and what Watch I Watch the video. Watch this, the video, y'all. What I, what I love about this shirt is that it just, like, elevates my swag and my confidence to talk <laughs> in a very bold way. And this is the year that I decided I'm going to be fearless. Like mm. I actually, here, if I was to give you guys a prediction, I actually think Airbnb is going to contact us with a buyout offer in four months. That's what mm. I think is going to happen. Okay. What are you going to tell them? What are you going to tell them? I'm going to tell them no. I'm going to tell them, <laughs> keep your money you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take it from you <laughs> that's what i'm gonna tell them so you know the thing is like they had their chance they had their chance and we have watched them do update after up remember they did like 50 updates then 100 updates Remember all that? Mm. Not one of those fixed any of the problems that you as a host are feeling. Right, Not right, one right. of those updates. Okay. Right, right, so, right. so again, they had their shot. You had your chance. Okay. So I'm just going to take that money, whatever you're offering me, I'm just going to take it from you. Like a, like a cheetah takes a zebra, right? I'm just going to snatch it. <laughs> <laughs> Snatch it. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun having you on, man. Real quick, oh, one more oh, question. What, what cities are big? What cities are big? Uh workers are going to tons of oh, millions my of workers God. going to. Okay. All right. So let me start with the East Coast. So Miami, Tampa, Orlando. Who Tampa is I on mean, fire. Tampa is on fire. Bro, what are y'all hearing about Tampa? What's fire. going on in Tampa? Okay. Corporate relocations. Okay. Like staggering mm. corporate relocate. I'm talking like there's not enough housing for these relocations. So short-term rentals are like being bombarded. They're getting like six, nine month bookings. Okay. Mm. Because they have to find time to buy a house, right? When you're coming to a new market, you need to have time to go shopping and go get your offer accepted and then, you know, buy a house. Okay. So, you know, again, Miami, Tampa and Orlando, don't forget Orlando. Don't sleep on Orlando. I am, whew, I'm working on a deal 
that is so big in Orlando, it involves a program. And I, I don't mean to, you know, like leak information because I don't like to, you know, tease people like that. But it will be a deal that will house 1,000 nurses per year. 1,000 mm. nurses per year in Orlando. Mm. Okay. It'll be mm. the biggest deal of my career. I've never done a deal this big. So, so again, that, those are three top tier cities. Okay. Then, all right, you've got Charlotte. Charlotte has some huge projects going on. Atlanta has nine mega projects being built. I mean, one of the projects is like 30 something acres being redeveloped, okay? It's like crazy, the construction, okay? Infrastructure, all that kind of stuff. Then uh, uh, going up the East Coast, you know, there's some big, big infrastructure projects that are starting in Philadelphia and they're going all the way to New York, New Jersey, you know, just kind of like up that kind of like uh, area. Um, and then on top of that, uh, there's going to be um, big, 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 big projects um, in Texas. I mean, just like the big four, right? San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Fort Worth. I mean, like you guys are sitting right, right in the middle of some huge infrastructure projects, okay? So, so these projects are like mega projects, okay? Um, now, what I'm also excited about is uh, markets that people are sleeping on. So uh, Madison, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, they have some huge infrastructure projects coming up. Um, so we're focused on those markets, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, um, San Diego. I'm so excited about San Diego and Las Vegas. Both markets have, okay, San Diego has $15 billion worth of construction on the books. Las Vegas has $18 billion of construction on the books. So. Mm. I mean, it's crazy, but, but again, there's the high-speed rail project from Los Angeles to Las Vegas that's going down, high-speed rail projects all over in, in various states. So, you know, like the data is so overwhelming that I feel like the president of the United States, like I need like a morning briefing. Like, I'm just like, okay, just give me like the, like 10 words or less and let me just digest that. And then, you know, we start to like go into like what our expectations and our modeling is gonna be. But, you know, again, like I already know I'm comfortable with it. It took me like four months to, you know, of just getting comfortable with, with the fact that we're not gonna have enough properties for the demand in the beginning. The first year is gonna be a rough year. All right, El Jefe, bringing it as you always do, man. Hey. I'm, quite, I'm quite sure you're buzzing, cousin. So, um, oh, I know I'm ready to go out and have some sushi. <laughs> get it hey, that's, a go that's a going out shirt. And, uh, oh, and yeah, water, no, that's why I wore it. I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get it, you know. So, uh, Cheetah is on the know. prow. You know, I just, I just figured if I'm going to be a tech founder that's going to be remembered for anything, it's going to be for my mouth and my fits. Hmm. <laughs> Hey, how's how's uh, Dejanique? Dejan, how do you say? Da, Dejanique, yeah. Dejanique, how's great. she doing? Yeah, she's doing yeah. great. She is. 
she is leading like an amazing project to get the UI designs, you know, the app designs Mm -hmm. to the next level. Like we know we are not going to come out, you know, and not get criticized. Like we know we're going to get criticized Mm -hmm. as a new OTA. So we said to ourselves, okay, well, if we're going to go to the NFL, let's go with like the hardest game we could come out with, right? The best app designs we could spend money on. And, you know, we raised money for that. Um, You know, and we also, you know, led an effort to bring in TJ to Johnny as our Mm, investor. Our brother. TJ. Yeah. TJ is coming on board with Work BNB. He's on the board now. So, you know, we're coming with the heat. We're not going to, we're not going to play games, you know, no prisoners. Yeah. Your last episode had a lot of views and, and I'm sorry to say, I don't think it's because of you. I think it had, had a lot to do with Dijonique. Uh, yeah, you know, Dodge, Dodge, <laughs> you know, she has that vibe, you know, so, so I'm, I'm I think, so, so I just wanted to say, be. yeah, I, I just wanted to say. views are going to be. <laughs> They might be low. If you can wear a cheetah shirt, if you can get a cheetah shirt like that, you you can score a, a girl like that. I'm just that's all I'm saying. Guy's gonna be going to getting cheetah shirts now, so you're inspiring. Yeah, them. you're an inspiration. Yeah, yeah. but w- <laughs> wait till you see my Miami fits. I, I got oh. some Miami fits that are just oh. wild. Got some more swag. <laughs> yeah. you El Jefe brand swag going on. You yeah. should make a, a clothing line. There you go. Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. You know, but you know, honestly. If I was if I was to tell you guys something that I want to spend like, you know, time on after work BNB is popping and things are you know going and stuff like that, I really want to get into shipping containers and tiny homes. Mm. You know, I don't want to lose my, you know, affection for housing. You know, I don't want to be stuck behind a computer. I don't want to be stuck behind a platform. You know, that's what executives are for. They can, you know, a lot of people can come in and help you run a ship. So, so you know, I, I really want to, you know, uh, get invested in tiny homes. I'm going to build my first one this year, uh, a shipping container home. Um, yes. And, you know, I want to help lead a movement so that, you know, there's a lot of people that have a, another option to get their first home, you know? Beautiful. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that are that, you know, I mean, we're going to go into a recession, I think, I think. And first time home buying has to get back down. It can't sustain itself going up and up and up. So tiny homes, shipping container homes, you know, you can get these things for like 50 K, you know, fully outfitted, you know, with finishes and everything. So, you know, I'm putting a budget on my first one, 50 K. I want it to be sexy and, you know, cool looking. Yeah, it's going to be a small home. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know, 600 square feet, maybe maybe a little bit bigger. But, you know, I'm a minimalist, you know, and, you know, I want to just start getting in that direction because I want to be in housing for like 20, 30 years. Like, I don't want to be, you know, an overnight thing. So, so I'm I'm in for for the long game, and I'm excited to uh, to uh, to uh, you know continue listening to your guys' podcast. You guys bring on a lot of inspiring people onto your podcast. Thank so, you. So yeah, you guys, this, this is like I want to say the one that I look forward to. Mm. 
Well, Salu. Thank you. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks for bringing the yeah, heat again. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Yves, I appreciate you guys. Send us the links. Sure. We want to sign up. We want to be the the beta testers or whatever you call it. You know what? And you know you don't even have to sign up. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, maybe even fly out to you guys. You know, and just do just like a little private thing. You know, get it on your phones. Let you play with it. Mm. You know, give you guys because I mean, you guys have a platform. You guys gonna be able to tell people honestly, like, hey, I I spent the last week on it. I uploaded my stuff. Here's what happened, mm. you know, and, you know, give a good, honest feedback on it. And I think that's going to be our hallmark is we're going to care what you have to say. That's what's up. Salud, jefe. El jefe. <laughs> Thank you for hopping on again. And, and we'll yes. see, we will see you again soon in the future. Yes. All yes. right. And we're yes. out, man. Thank you for coming on. Cheers. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys. All right, man. That was another great episode of LLT. We got a new, what, new platform coming with WorkBnB. Uh, I'm definitely excited for it because I'm getting the hell off Airbnb. You know, I signed up for Hostfully and Boostly website this week. So, uh, <laughs> Boostly, baby. I yeah, can't wait yeah, to see so- our beautiful new website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me he uh, he got you guys in too. So yeah, I'm getting the hell off uh, Airbnb, man. It's, it's 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 ridiculous. Like I had a guest call me and straight tell me he ain't read the house rules. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, damn. If this is a direct booking guest, I wouldn't be having this conversation. Okay. You, you know what? You know it's fucked up about the house rules. It's it, they keep growing and growing. We have a situation where, like, God dang it, you know, we should we add, add it to the house rules. We gotta add it. We gotta add. I mean, our house rules is like it's starting to turn into a Bible. Mine too. <laughs> On Airbnb, of course, mine too. On my direct booking guests, it's not as long because I have the credit card information. I can charge their card if they break anything. Mm. Airbnb, like I just posted on a uh, Instagram. Airbnb equals Jada. Airbnb hosts equal Will. Airbnb guests are August. That's how it is, man. I'm serious, man. Fucking up with no grief. But yeah, man, I'm I'm getting off that platform. That platform's got to go. Well, yeah, um, we do talk a lot to a lot of a lot of our people out there are watching and listening to us, and they're like, "What if this is the first time they're listening to Live That Thrive?" They're like, "I want to learn how to improve my Airbnb," and they're like, "All we're doing is bagging them." But hey, go to our earlier episodes. We we've been in, in cahoots. We still use Airbnb, right? We still use them. But it's if not you listen about to Airbnb, it's about short-term rentals. Airbnb short-term rentals. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a place to get your. You, I mean, you say you're done with Airbnb, but you're still going to have them on there. Just, it's the most visible place, right? And that's hopefully no, going to bounce. No, you got to that mentality. You're gonna you're gonna pull all your listings. That's Airbnb. not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm getting off Airbnb, meaning I'm pushing oh, it okay. to be direct. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs to shift their mentality to know that they can build their own brand. If right, right. you have that, if it's in your mind, Airbnb is the number one place and I can't get anywhere, you're going to be stuck on Airbnb because it's in your mindset. But if you right. know, hey, I can build my brand outside of Airbnb, then have that mindset and build it. And then yeah. you like, look at Mark. Uh, what's the guy on Clubhouse? He's like, I don't even list on there anymore. Uh, That's uh, Doug. What's his name? Yeah, Doug. He's like, I've yeah. never, but he's been in the business 30 years. He's like, I don't yeah. even list. I've never even listed on there. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, we, I know we're in a clubhouse room and he's listening. He's like, why the hell are these guys even using this place? He, but <laughs> seriously, I know because he, he like gets quiet. Like when everyone's t- talking about Airbnb, he's all quiet. Like, dude, I got my own. Why, why are you guys using them? And that's yeah. where I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm pushing my stuff to, hey, if they, and by the way, uh, y'all need to read this book because 
he dropped a good gem on how to get guests from from Airbnb to your direct site. But you got to read the book for that gym. The book, Direct Playbook by Mark Simpson. I already vouched for him. I told him this is the best short-term rental book out there, mm. hands down, until I read another one. But the ones I've read, this is the best one, hands down. You know, you know, Micah likes it when it's full of sticky notes everywhere. Facts, man. My father's <laughs> first full of sticky notes. There's nothing but gyms. I'm just grabbing, writing them down. For sure. Oh, man. So... So, yeah, like we said earlier, um, if you want to get you started on Airbnb, that's cool. But you will eventually learn that the goal is to become your own platform, right? Your own business. Yeah, you and have your own short-term rental company. Short-term rental company. Mid-term rental company. Long-term rental company, you know? There's so many ways to do it. So we appreciate y'all um, listening to us still after all these years. And we're going to bring some more badass content to y'all. And we're excited about the future of this industry. And we're excited to, to help y'all out and, and to learn from all these wonderful guests that come on our show, man. Yeah, for sure. And oh, man, unfortunately, after this podcast will already be out, we will already have had our master class. We have our mm. master class next Saturday. Um, but you can tune into us every Wednesday on Clubhouse at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. You can also... Uh, Catch us on Instagram. Follow us, Live Let Thrive on Instagram. Uh, you can both follow both of our profiles. Hit our link tree on Instagram or below here. Hit our link tree and you can find all our information, our masterclass stuff. And uh, yeah, man, thank y'all for continuing to listen to us, especially on Fridays after we have throwback a few. It gets a little plucked up, but we, we try to keep it on, on topic as possible. But yeah, thank y'all for continuing to listen, man. It's been, a, been an honor and a blessing. Keep living. Letting. And thriving. Thriving. <laughs> we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.